Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast on this Monday morning. I'm really excited to have you guys with me today. And I wanted to start right off the bat by telling you guys something that unfortunately is a little bit of a bummer for me in that I'm only going to be putting this podcast out once a week from here on forward. So Monday mornings will be the podcast of the week, and then there won't be a subsequent one on Wednesdays or Thursdays anymore. And the reason for that is not because I don't love you guys or not because I'm out of ideas or because I don't have things to share with you about getting the fuck off, but I've actually just onboarded a whole bunch of new clients over the last two months, and the things I need to do to serve them um, are a priority. So I can't... I don't have as much available time to be able to produce two episodes a week. Even though they are short and they're just me, uh, it is time-consuming. So once a week, Monday mornings, I I think it's going to be great. Monday is my favorite day of the week. I think that it brings a sense of purpose and renewal. And it's really always very welcoming for me to wake up on Monday morning because I feel like I get a fresh start to get things done. And if I am part of your morning routine while you're running or driving to work or doing the dishes or whatever, or maybe I'm part of your routine on another day of the week, I'm going to bring you that great Monday energy. But Mondays are going to be the day. Mondays for the Get the Fuck Off podcast. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for understanding. It's it's really important for me to be able to share that with you and tell you why rather than just kind of ghost you and say, eh, well, I'm just not going to show up on Wednesdays every once in a while. Mondays. Mondays will be the day. So, okay. Now that I've said that, I would love to just jump right into what I wanted to talk about today because I've been spending a lot of time this week on the internet. I live on the internet. The internet is my place. But I've been watching uh, some stuff that Tony Robbins was doing this week. And he was talking a lot about identity and, you know, creating a new identity to create a new story and was talking about that. And I was thinking very deeply about it because I was thinking about my episode, um, my very first podcast episode, which is The Smoker's Identity and what people tie their identity with when it comes to cigarette smoking. They tie it. They into every facet of their identity, which makes it so much harder to give that habit up. People have a really hard time changing their identity. So when you change, what, what is your identity? I mean, what is that? That's something that you've constructed in your head. But people don't really like to change what they perceive their identity to be because they don't want to give up their story. You know, Mark Manson talks about this as well. People avoid things that they perceive to be as a threat to who they are. I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast before. I'm going to tell it again if I haven't told it before. So for you regular listeners, I apologize if this is a repeat. But I have somebody in my life that refuses to take instructor-led courses on Peloton, refuses 
he started cycling. He's in his 60s, started cycling, and just will not take the instructor-led courses because he doesn't like, quote, those fitness geeks, end quote. And those people make him angry. Like, to actually listen to the fitness instructors on Peloton, which, by the way, they're all great. I mean, some of them I like more than others, but they're they're fantastic. But just they just grate on a nerve with him, and for for what? I mean, they just they 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 just sit there. What's what's the 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 thing? So it it always kind of interested me that he didn't he wouldn't do this, and he just wouldn't take these instructor led courses. And then one time, in a moment of vulnerability, he said that he did take one of the courses. And then when it was over, he felt humiliated. And what happened was he he just got some data about himself that he didn't want. It was a threat to who, it was a threat to his identity, basically. Because not only are these, there are these people that are extremely fit, but he sees himself as outside of those people. He sees himself as other. And he's probably always seen himself that way. So to be able to, it's not about becoming a new identity as much as it is maintaining the old one maintaining the old one we want to maintain the old identity and we don't want to move forward and explore a new identity because then who would we be and that's what everybody is so afraid of and for me I'll tell you what mine was mine was that I was a curmudgeon and I was misanthropic that was my old identity and for me to leave that behind like when I started embracing love and peace and you know being able to embrace people and community a lot of that meant getting rid of some of my misanthropic outdated ideas about other human beings and when I got rid of those I realized that they were not serving me anyway but I had had them so long I had them so long and I was I was a curmudgeon I was misanthropic and that all was rooted in something that I again on the internet this week saw something about and I was really inspired by it because I've been saying this for a while this all was rooted in something called victim consciousness and this is kind of where we all start right from our birth So I was looking at this and it was just a small blurb and it talked about the stages of consciousness that we go through as people and the first was victim consciousness and that is that the world is out to get me, like everything is happening to me, I have no control over it, I am a victim of my circumstances. I did an episode of of this podcast on that, that I, the, you know, the episode about, you know, seeing yourself as a product of circumstance. Victim consciousness, we start there. I am, and you, you know, you start with, with these things that have happened to you that are the reason that you cannot move forward. And then we move into other stages of consciousness like manifesting consciousness which is when we we are able to make ourselves get things based on our thoughts but they're usually trivial things like vacations or relationships. And then we move into channeling consciousness where we become, you know, we move with purpose and we move into, you know, doing things that that are purposeful and align with who we are and then there's enlightenment the last stage which is just when we're we're in, in line with everything and we're one with everything in the universe now that's something else I mean you guys can you guys can buy that or you can say it's a load of shit but victim consciousness is a real thing and I I have experienced victim consciousness and that first stage of victim consciousness a lot of people live their entire lives in that stage they live in victim consciousness forever like they're always in victim consciousness and you know it's weird when you say this 
this. I'm saying this right now, victim consciousness. If you are a person that's living in victim consciousness, you know that you're there. You're probably really pissed at me right now for saying this. And the people that have moved out of victim consciousness will probably think, I know exactly who you're talking about, Andy. (laughs) And I'm not talking about like a person in my life, but just every person has one of those people in their lives that are just kind of still in that. What does this have to do with your identity? Well, you know, it's strange. Thinking about giving up your identity seems like it should be easy. And I tell people that want to leave behind old habits like drinking or smoking or eating like shit, you got you to gotta create a new identity and you have to rewire those parts of yourself. That is true. Like you absolutely have to do that. Once you do that, then things become a lot easier for you. That's true. But the threat to your identity People don't want to give up their identities because they're so much rooted in it. It's everything that happened in their lives. So we we think about, when we think about changing our identities, we think about every single thing that's ever happened to us. We basically have a story. We have this beautiful story that happened to us or a tragic story. In a lot of cases, it can be a tragic story where people, you know, experience this tragic story and they don't want to give it up because they think that it it invalidates their whole existence. They feel like if they give up that story, then their existence is meaningless. So if something horrific happened to them when they were young and, they, and they're continuing to hurt and punish themselves as an adult because of that story and you say, okay, but now you need to take care of yourself and you need to treat yourself with kindness, a lot of these people will outright reject you and get mad at you because they think that you are attacking what the, that story is. You know, it's like, it's like when you drink, like when you drink a lot and, you know, you tell people, okay, you need to move into something else. And, and they get defensive because there's so much of their life that's tied up in that thing. And they think that you are just trying to fuck up all, just take all of that away. And you're not. So with your story, you own your story. It is you. It's part of you. It never goes away. So whatever happened to you in your life, that's part of you. That is something that happened. None of that stuff, none of that stuff was your fault. None of it, you know, none of that stuff. I mean, yeah, even if you had a problem with drinking, it's not really your fault. I mean, it's the fault of society. 80% of people in society say that this terrible poison that does nothing good for your body is a good thing. And you watched your parents and loved ones and friends and media images throughout your entire life tell you that it was good. So no, it's not your fault. If you developed a drinking problem, it's not your fault. But it is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to take care of it. So this is the same thing as if you have a problem with overeating. Like if you have a problem with overeating or you have a bad relationship with food, that's not your fault. That came from, that again came from the media. The media probably fucked up your image of your body, probably made you feel like your body wasn't beautiful or that your body was not a vessel to serve your spirit, which it is. You know, again, I I really... I love Tony Robbins and I love everything that he talks about. And one of the things he talks about is physiology and moving your body and putting yourself in a state, in a mental state. And you can do that with the movement of your body. And yeah, I'm a runner. And when I was a sedentary person, my life was sedentary. It wasn't just my body. It was my life. My life wasn't going anywhere when my body was sedentary. The movement of your body is so important. That was a little bit of a segue because 
I wanted to really highlight the fact that your body is a vessel for your spirit. Your body is wonderful. But yeah, the media probably fucked up your image of your body. Diet culture fucked up your image of your body and how you think about food. And if you have a bad relationship with food, that is also not your fault. I had a bad relationship with food, which was not my fault. You know why it wasn't my fault? Because of a lot of reasons. One, my parents didn't understand anything about nutrition. We never ate a vegetable. Everything on our table was white or brown. So I didn't start with a good relationship with food. My, when I was very young, my parents owned a Burger King, and that's what I ate. And then furthering on in life, you know, we were a meat and potatoes family because that was what, that was what they knew. They, they ate meat and potatoes. And even when my mother and my grandmother were diagnosed with celiac disease, we still ate meat and potatoes. That was just the culture. I didn't, I didn't know any, I didn't never ate a vegetable. I never, I never ever ate anything colorful in my life. Never. It wasn't a thing. Like it wasn't a thing that I did. I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. When we were a kid, we ate Pop-Tarts and Kraft mac and cheese. Like all of this processed shit that comes from boxes. And and that wasn't their fault either. They didn't know any better. I mean, nobody knew any better. And that wasn't anybody's fault because we have this thing called the food guide pyramid, which is just this giant fallacy, which put all of these weird grains at the bottom telling people that that's what they should eat. And it wasn't originally structured that way, but it was shifted because all of those weird grains and things that, you know, those were all things that were subsidized by the USDA and they wanted things in school and they wanted to promote it as healthy. And it wasn't. So this idea that people have that they should be eating all of these crazy carbohydrates that are made with enriched wheat flour and things like that, that's all, that's all fake. Like all of this shit that you know about, that, that people know about food, it's all wrong. Like it, it, none of it is your fault. None of it's your fault that it started there. And then maybe, you know, you developed an unhealthy relationship with food because of the things that your parents or your grandparents told you. And a lot of those things were not their fault because they were part of that generation and what those generation of people did and it was perpetuated and every generation has a different thing actually I will give it to Gen Z I'm not Gen Z I'm a millennial but Gen Z oh man they're they're all about self-love they're like the therapy generation I give them so much credit they're just like let's get it out Let's get it out. Let's get it out. But my friend who is Gen X, he said, oh, yeah, we don't. He was Irish as well. He said, we don't talk about that. Like, we don't we don't talk about things. You know, we never talked about things growing up. So a lot of this shit that is the reason that you have a bad relationship with food. That's that's not your fault. Like, none of that's your fault. That is your responsibility. It's your responsibility right now to fix it. Like, it's your responsibility to correct what is wrong now if that means you have to get somebody to teach you then that's fine if that means that you have to reach out to a community then that's fine if that means you have to read books then that's fine but it's your responsibility to do something about it it's not going to just correct itself you're not going to just wake up one day and realize that high fructose corn syrup is bad like you're not going to you have to actually go and seek out the information a lot of people don't want to why because we're going back to this whole concept of identity the threat to your identity and a lot of people a lot of people don't want to change because they are worried about what that means um I had a friend that 
was talking about being overweight for a long time and they said that you know when they weren't overweight anymore they were just getting all of this attention from the opposite sex that they never got before it made them feel so weird they had never experienced that kind of dynamic with the opposite sex before I mean and then there are people that have rose to triumph over the fact that they you know they they were so body positive, so, so body positive, and they, they are empowering to other women or men, either way, and they feel that if they were to lose weight or, you know, and not that, and again, weight loss necessarily shouldn't be the goal. It really should be, you know, being healthy. That, that should be the goal. So if you're healthy and you're overweight, Godspeed. I mean, I'm overweight technically sometimes depending on the day. I mean, BMI is crap. I'm extremely fit. I weigh more than people that look far heavier than me. I'm just, I'm, I'm fit. I'm a runner. I run all the time. But people that are, you know, overweight can be healthy. People that are obese, probably not that healthy. But there are people that are extremely positive about body image and self-love that are obese. And sometimes they feel that if they are no longer obese, then they won't be that person anymore. Like they won't be able to promote body positivity and self-love because they are no longer obese. Like that's not a threat to your identity. Like they, they would view losing weight to get healthier as a threat to their identity because they can no longer be that person, that figure that they see themselves as, that... And that's kind of the way that I that I see a lot of this. Like a lot of this, every single one of these things that we're trying to get the fuck off of is rooted in some part of us and some story that we continue to tell. You can change your story. Like you can start to tell a new story. It's totally okay. It's not going to change who you are as a person and it's not going to make anything about your past irrelevant. So, you know, when you think about your past and you think about things that happened to you it's not going to make those things go away they're not going anywhere those are that's still your story except the outcome becomes different the outcome is different than it was before and it, so it can be anything any kind of circumstance that you went through take responsibility for those things start to Start taking responsibility because that stage of victim consciousness is a really shitty place to live. I lived there for a long time. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, the where's mine mentality. Where's mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? Like that was my mentality. Why am I not getting, getting, getting? And really what it was was because I was just so stuck in this, oh, oh, oh. I was always throwing a pity party for myself. You know, when I stopped drinking, I'll tell you guys this story. I never threw a pity party for myself. I looked at alcohol and I said, this has taken so much from me in my life. This has taken things that I can't get back. It has taken memories. It has done a number on my body. It has taken my money. It has taken my time. And it has delayed me from making moves in directions that I want to go. Like I just used it to numb out so much so that I didn't have to make decisions to move my life forward. That's what I did. So when I gave up alcohol, I never saw myself as going without it because I knew that I wasn't. I had already gone without for 10 years. That's kind of how long I really was a a heavy drinker before I gave it up. I I was drinking far longer. I drank for 14 years, I think, before I gave it up. Like I started drinking heavily when I was 20 
And then I drank pretty much up until I was 34. And I never saw myself as a victim and I never threw a pity party when it was over because it was over and the good stuff was going to happen. And that doesn't make anything that happened during the years that I was drinking go away. Like that's still part of my story. I still was that person. I still was the person that closed down the bar and was out late and, you know, went to after hours and was a really fucking good time. And that didn't go away because I stopped drinking. That just continued on. I still am a really fucking good time. I still hang out with people. I still have a good time. I enjoyed my, you know, the holidays with my family this year. I, if, if anything, it was far better because I wasn't an emotional mess because alcohol just distorts your emotions. Like it doesn't even, but I never, I didn't see it as a threat to my identity and I didn't feel bad when it went away because it wasn't a threat to my identity. Now, conversely, when I gave up smoking, I did see that as a threat to my identity. I did. And it took me some time to realize that it wasn't. I had to read Alan Carr's book and I just had to put myself in that. It was hard. It was a lot harder because that I had done for longer. And I I saw so many of my friendships, you know, associated with smoking. And it was a lot of, a lot of just making myself continue to go outside with people for cigarettes and just realizing that those friendships that we shared were not because of the cigarettes. It was because of who we were as people. And I did realize that smokers are a very special kind of person. And they they have characteristics about them that make them outgoing. And I don't know if – and I don't think that's a result of the smoking. I think that they pick up the smoking because of those things. <laughs> Embrace the things about you that are good. But don't be afraid to tell a new story because telling a new story is powerful. If there's something going on that you don't like in your life that you feel like is controlling you that is not your fault, it's not your fault. And it probably is controlling you. It's not your fault. It is not your fault that it happened. It's not your fault that you went through whatever the event was. It's not your fault that somebody was mean to you or, or diminished your worth when you were young. Or you know, That happened to all of us. I mean, every single person in the world is trying to make peace with the fact that their parents fucked them up. I used to think that it was just me. In fact, every person thinks it's just them. Until you realize after you start talking to other people that it's every single fucking one of us. Like every one of us. I mean, we're all, we're all going through it. We're all, we're all, what's the Oscar Wilde quote? It's Oscar Wilde, I believe. And it's children begin by loving their parents. As they get older, they begin to judge them. Sometimes they forgive them. Legit, one of my favorite quotes. So accurate. We're all, we're all like, we're all fucked up from shit that happened when we were kids. We're all reliving that story. You got to stop punishing yourself for things that happen when you were young, you know? And I think that that's where a lot of this identity shit gets started. Like we build an identity based on stuff that happened to us. And a lot of times that identity doesn't serve us. So the identity of, oh, you know, I drink because I had a hard life. That identity doesn't serve anybody. That, that identity didn't serve me. I find it very interesting. I get these messages from people in my life. I've gotten a lot of them over the pandemic. And they always say the same thing. Wow, I really give you credit for not smoking and drinking during this very stressful time. And my response is always the same. Well, thank you. But smoking and drinking do not relieve stress. They actually cause stress. The only stress they relieve is the withdrawals from themselves. And, you know, every time I fucking say that I get left on red, like no one responds. 
Because God forbid that we fucking believe what I say, you know? I mean, like, I'm, I'm totally full of shit. But, uh... That, I just had, I had to give up that story. The story that, oh, life is hard, so I do this. That, that was like a, that was, that was a victim consciousness story. Like that was, that was victim consciousness and that was the victim identity. That was not the identity that I have now. The identity that I have now is I am this person that is fierce. I am everything I want to be. I love who I am. I'm doing what I want to do. And everything is working for my greatest and highest good. That, that's the person that I am now. That's the story that I'm choosing to tell. It took me a long time to get there. It took me a really long time. So that's what I got for you guys today. Moving out of victim consciousness, moving into other stages of consciousness. It's going to be fucking awesome, guys. I, I think that everybody is going to do this. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe that you are going to do this. If you don't know how. Congratulations. You are in the majority. I did not know how either. I had a lot of mentors that gave me a lot of guidance to help me with the tiny steps that I had to take to get myself out of victim consciousness and move into greater areas of my life. And now I do that for other people. So if you are having trouble shifting in your life and making small changes that are going to lead you to big things, it's okay. A lot of people have these troubles. It's totally normal. But if you really want help, you can reach out to me. I am Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Or you can visit me on my website, getthefuckoff.com. Or you can DM me on social underscore getthefuckoff on Instagram and Twitter. I would love to talk to you guys. I would love for us to have a conversation. And I want to help you guys out. I want to help you move forward in your life in powerful ways. Please reach out to me. I'm really excited about Monday, guys. Monday is going to be a wonderful day for the Get the Fuck Off podcast. It's going to be a powerful day of the week. Let's make it that way. I'm going to see you guys next Monday with a new episode. Until then, be safe, take care of yourselves, and stay healthy. Stay safe.